Well, Brittany, welcome to um, uh, The Journey, and I'm the host of this uh, particular podcast. And let me just tell you a little bit about what we do on The Journey. It is just ordinary people who come and tell their story about transformation. And um, you have been someone that I've uh, known for a while, and we've done a couple of events together, so I wanted to have you on, on the show. And so people that maybe have heard about you um, can get a, maybe a little bit better insight of who you are as a person and maybe a little bit about your story, story and the journey that you've been on. So why don't we start with uh, that? I mean, you're, are you from the Rockford area or, or you're, you're living in Rockford now, but you were born? Yep. So I was born in Rockford, oh, born but in Rockford. Okay. I was raised in Byron. Okay. So I lived there my whole life. Okay. Same house. Okay. My dad helped build it. Okay. Um, and when I graduated high school is when I moved. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And you have siblings? Or? I have one brother. One and brother. And he's younger than me. Younger. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. But everyone knows him. And everyone knows him? Everyone's always known him and not me. Oh, okay. So, so how, how is he always known? Because I don't know him when I know you. Yeah. So, uh, well, I mean, everyone yeah. who, growing up, <laughs> gotcha. uh, I would okay. get, like, when I went into high school, everyone's like, you're Eric's sister. And I'm like, okay. yeah, he's in middle school. How do you know this? Yeah, I don't okay. know. But um, we both are golfers. Oh, but okay. he spent a lot of time with the older guys on the okay. course so okay. they gotcha. always knew who he was okay he's just cool he's gotcha. just, he's just, just <laughs> <laughs> so who who got you involved with golfing how did that all come about my parents okay yeah so yeah. we started golfing when we were little i think i was probably like three or four oh, wow. when i started okay. doing that and okay. that's something that I did all the way through college. Oh, okay. That was something that was really important to me. Okay. And still is. I mean, this was a big weekend. It was yeah, the master's yeah. weekend, so that was exciting. Well, and maybe we can get into that story because that was a whole story of transformation yeah. as well and coming out of, uh, of Tiger Woods and everything that happened. But, yeah. Be, but before we jump into that piece, um, your mom and dad, what's, uh, they've been together for, how long have they yeah, been together? Uh, they're going to kill me for not remembering exactly <laughs> how many years, but it's got to be like, 35 or 36 years okay. at this point. Wow. Okay. So they've been together for a very long time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which and is exciting. And now are they both from this area as well? No. So my mom is from Chicago. Okay. And my dad is from Sweden. Oh, really? So, okay. Yeah. So he so was born he, in Sweden. He was born there. He moved here when he was nine. Okay. And moved to Rockford. Okay. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then eventually moved to Byron. My okay. mom moved from Chicago to Stillman. Okay. So they both grew up in small towns near okay. each other, but okay. didn't really know each other and okay. met each other a little bit later. Um, so what, as far as you know, the story that your um, that that your dad told about why they why his parents, your grandparents, came over from Sweden. What was the story behind that? Honestly, I don't. I don't know the specific okay. reason. Okay. Um, I should know this because we just went on a family trip to Sweden okay. and like did a whole tour of where he lived, where okay. he went to school, all okay. of the places, um, which was really awesome to kind of see even sure. where my grandparents grew up. Um, but yeah, we like went to the last place that they were before they moved here okay. and like we okay. took pictures of where people let us in their houses, which was really Very interesting. Yeah, no and kidding. My far more which is my grandma's like i was born right here in this room <laughs> like so we had some interesting. really interesting experiences okay. being over there but okay. yeah he moved here did not speak english got okay. put in a class and they're like that, good luck to you that must have been it must have been pretty tough i, I can just yeah. imagine yeah and he's a quiet person anyways okay. so uh i and think maybe that helped he could just observe and sure he's really really smart so okay. he catches on pretty quickly and what did he end up doing for a living he worked at the nuclear plant oh so, okay okay yeah. and what was he what did he do there as far as you know he worked in the um operating room i okay. think is what they call it was so right. like the control room oh where okay sure all of that stuff happens interesting yeah okay. and he was i mean very smart with that too okay um he would always have tests and i remember he would be like yeah, studying for this test, and he would come home and be like, I'm so mad, I got a 99%, and you're like, Dad, <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> okay, you missed one question, sure. it's fine, but I mean, he just worked really hard at that, and okay. um, would just study for hours and hours, but liked it, I think. Okay, so did mom work outside the home? She did, um, she worked, um, kind of before we were born, she worked in a few different places, and then she was a stay-at-home mom for a while. Okay. She worked at a sewing store in okay. 
um, Byron. So she taught classes on like quilt making and stuff. Okay. And then um, she started her own business. Oh, okay. So she worked out of her house doing embroidery and oh, okay. um, like alterations and stuff. So gotcha. even okay. though she was working, she was still at home. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And, I, and my my mom and dad were similar. My dad worked primarily, and then my mom um, was mostly a stay-at-home mom. But then when she did go back to work, it was she worked in the school system. So she would be there when we left in the morning yeah. and be when we came home. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so my mom was always around, for yeah. sure. And my dad was the opposite. He worked 12-hour shifts seven days a week. Okay. So if we wanted to see him, we got up at 7, or yeah. we were home by 7 p.m. Yeah. so that we could see him. Yeah. Um, so like Christmas and stuff always happened really early or really late, sure. uh, which was always interesting. But sure. um, yeah, okay, yeah, it sounded very similar. That was how how it was at my home as well. Not that the he worked always the same shifts, but that it was that dynamic that mom was the primary caretaker when dad was home. Yeah. That's when navigate all those all those functions around so yeah. so they got you involved with golf did yeah. you play other sports as well or not really i oh. i tried okay. to play other sports and i was not successful in okay. them which okay. was fine i really liked golf so okay. that was okay um in high school i i mean i was always in choir okay. and did some plays and that okay. kind of stuff um, and I took dance for 15 years, so I was oh. involved in things outside of okay. school. So more the arts. Kind of. I didn't okay. ever take an art class okay. until I got to college. Okay. Which is. So weird, so you did some performing arts and that type of arts, but mm-hmm. then didn't get into any like actual art classes until. And where did you go to school? For college. Yeah, for college. Robert yeah. Morris University. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. I had some friends that. That their, their kids went there. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was at the Waukegan campus because that's where the golf team was. So oh, okay. less exciting than being y- downtown. Yeah. <laughs> but it was still good. I okay. mean, I S- specifically went there to golf. To golf, okay. So. And and so what was that uh, journey like as far as the golf piece? Was that um, – because I don't know much about golf. And, and so tell me a little bit about – it seems like that is obviously it's, there's a physical component to it, but then there's also very much a mental and emotional component yeah. to it. So, yeah. so tell me what what golf, how golf serves, how golf served you. Looking back on it, yeah. Um, so I mean, growing up, obviously we were in tournaments, and our parents mm-hmm. just kind of would like drop us off at the golf course and be like, "All right, we'll be back later." Um, it was a good babysitter, I guess, oh, okay. um, in a certain way because. We all got to like hang out and learn the game, but then also like there was a lot of fun being had as well. Um, but once I got towards high school, my dad said, you can either get a job or you can keep golfing, but you need to take it seriously because you need to try and get a scholarship. So it was like okay. help pay for college or help pay for college. Okay. One way or the other, okay. you have to be doing something. Sure. So I obviously chose golf because yeah. I did not want to get a job, um, but also I liked it. So yeah. Um, yeah, I was on the team and practiced all the time. Okay. I was always out golfing. And so I got a golf scholarship, okay. which paid for like 75% of my school. Oh, wow. That's which was really awesome. Um, and I mean, being able to do all of that stuff together, you obviously the mental part of it is right. tough. And I mean, you see adults who are professionals and they can play around and, you know, four hours that's not the case in high school for girls we were out there until the sun was down sometimes Mm. and so it was like a lot of hours very strenuous um mentally and physically so if you think back to either high school or college what would be what would be one of the hardest things or one oh not maybe the hardest but um if there was a setback that you had in your golfing experience what would be like when you think about a disappointment or a setback. I um, still have nightmares of certain <laughs> courses or okay. I like replay holes in my mind of like, oh, I shouldn't have hit that club here. Or like still to this day, I want to go back to all these places and like replay, replay these it. courses because they just haunt me forever, okay. which I think is somewhat normal for people because sure. you just focus yeah. on the those parts of, yeah. of your game. Um, but not really – a full setback, okay. I don't think. Like, nothing specifically made me. Okay. Because a lot worse. of times, like Dalton and I have talked about, uh, in his case with wrestling, for in my case with, with football and bodybuilding, 
I know that early on I was so caught up in the outcome that mm-hmm. I, you know, wanted to, you know, win the state title, win the national title, win, you know, that it was that, yeah. that I didn't recognize that the process of getting there mm-hmm. was really w- what I gained the most out of. Yeah. In, in my case with the bodybuilding, when it was all said and done, you got a piece of plastic, right. the plastic trophy, right? right? And, and we would joke about how much energy and time we spent on the piece of plastic we got at the end, yeah. But th- the real gold was the process of getting there. Or sure. You know, and and for you, was it always just continue to improve and it was okay, or was there that aspiration of wanting? I mean, at one point, I definitely was like, I'm gonna play on the LPGA tour. Like okay. this is what I'm gonna do. But then I just didn't really have the dedication towards only golf which okay. I think I probably needed in order okay. to do that because I wanted to dance and I wanted to sure. be in all these other activities. I also did, um, I was really involved with the wrestling program in high school. So like okay. I wasn't I wasn't fully in only golf. Okay. Um, so I kind of had it in my mind that probably wouldn't happen. Okay. Um, but I think maybe my hardest thing was once I would get mad, mm-hmm. I couldn't be not mad. Mm. So once it that was it for me if okay. i got mad on the course it's over okay okay which so you, is c- you couldn't rebound after not usually okay and no. and it's interesting because like i said i don't know much about golf but a few golfers that i've worked with very talented individuals skilled at what they were doing but if they lost their focus or lost their cool on the sixth hole that mm-hmm. round was over because they couldn't get it back yeah. until the next round, if even then. Yeah. You know. And the next round, I'd be okay. Like, once I could just be done and, like, okay. Start move over. on, okay. yeah, it would be okay. And sometimes even on, like, the second nine, it would be okay. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I could never just have a bad shot and be like, it's okay, and then mm-hmm. finish the hole well. It'd be like, no, this is a disaster. And mm-hmm. then I would just be, like, all over okay. the place. Okay. So, so for that piece of it, it, it may not have been the overall, like I mentioned, you know, wanting to be, you know, state champion or wanting to be your conference champion, whatever that was, mm-hmm. because you didn't, you had other other interests that, were, yeah. that you put your energy into. But when you were on the course, because you had done well and done it for so long, then it, is it right to say that you were pretty hard on yourself if yes. you messed up? Yeah, okay. totally. I just think I knew I would never be the best at it. Um, which I didn't, I never felt like, okay, I'm going to go out today and get first place. Like Mm -hmm. that was never a reality for me, I Mm -hmm. don't think, but I did. I mean, I went downstate and Mm -hmm. played and so I wasn't bad, but I wasn't the best. And I just tried to focus on being my best instead of trying to beat everybody because I knew that wasn't going to happen. Right. Okay. And I think that's one of those things that we come to that place and learn that for ourselves. If, if, okay, I, I recognize I can't control. Uh, who I'm going to be playing against yeah. and, and how, how good they are, how well prepared they are, what I, I can just control me. Yeah. And, and I think you, I think you learn that even, I think the opportunity to learn that is even greater in individual activities or individual sports yeah. more so than even a sport, a team. Yeah, for um, sure. Because it is all on you. And Yeah. And you only have yourself when you're out there. Yeah. I mean, you don't, well, back then we didn't have phones, but even now, like, you can't have your phone on you, so you can't have, you know, somebody helping you or utilizing those tools. It's, like, on you. Just you. Know, we didn't have caddies to help us. Yeah. If our coach was there, they could they could help us, but there's six people on your team and there's one coach, so right. they're not always with you. Right. So, yeah, you very much had to rely on yeah. your own skills to yeah. figure out what you're doing. Well, and I think in... in it's interesting, like, with that, and you talk with individuals who have specialized in just one activity, and they put all their eggs in one basket, and and, and how they may have had s- some some success in that, but then, then they got out of balance. And I would think with golf being such a, a skill sport that it literally requires practice time. Mm-hmm. I was listening to a podcast just recently about with Michael Phelps and how many hours he put into, I mean, he, genetically, uh, you know, structurally, he was phenomenal already, just how he was created physically. Yeah. 
but he had to put so many hours into the pool, so many hours into the weight room uh, for training, and and he couldn't have those other distractions. Right. Yeah. So so tell me a little bit because I, I I'm very fortunate that I have a son that who's a football player, hockey player, yeah. and all that, and a daughter who is in performing arts, and so I get um, the best of both worlds. So mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about the singing and the dancing, musicals and things like that. Yeah. So I started dancing when I was four. Um, and I just loved it. Okay. It just made sense. And anyone who knows me now will know, like, she still dances. She still like, dances. no matter where I am, I'm still <laughs> dancing. Sure. It's my absolute favorite thing to do. It's when I feel the most like myself and mm-hmm. the most like free. Like, I don't okay. think about anything else when I'm dancing. So that's like my happy place. Okay. Um, but I did that technically for 15 years, just doing the typical tap dance or tap jazz ballet, musical theater, that kind of stuff. Um, So, yeah, just classes in Byron. A teacher would come from a different city and and teach teach classes there and have a recital every year and that kind of stuff. But that I was very hard on myself with. What do you mean? Very hard. I mean, I just, like, everything had to be perfect. Mm. I would make myself sick about it. Okay. Um, about the performances? About know? the performances. Okay. Yeah. So making sure everything was right and I very much would like shut everybody out. So mm. I'm sure my mom has really, really nice stories about how nice I was to her <laughs> in these moments. Sure. Um, but yeah, I just very much needed to be perfect. Mm. Needed it all to be exactly the way it was supposed to be. No, okay. no room for messing up. Okay. Which made it stressful. Yeah. But then in the end, it would be fun okay. if I did a good job. Then I'd be like, "Oh, that was awesome." Okay. So. But it was stressful leading up to it. So, again, it was one of those things that you had some talent, had some gifts, you enjoyed aspect of it. But then when it came, similar to golf, when it came to the performance piece of yeah. it, there was an element tied into the outcome, mm-hmm. and that's where you would be, um, where the anxiety would come, or where you would be hard on yourself. Totally. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a real quick way as we move on to something else? But yeah. do you have a, a favorite musical that you were in or a play that you were in that stands out to you when you were in high school that you like doing? Um. Well, the one that we talk about the most is The King and I. Okay. That was right. fun. Okay. I don't. I didn't have to say any words. I just was one of the dancers. One of the dancers. And it okay. Was really fun. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so just the group of people that you were involved with. Yeah. Were just it was just a fun production. To yeah. Be in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. Yeah. So then you went to college, and you were on a yeah. golf scholarship, and and I know Robert Morris does a great job of, of having individuals and paying individuals that are athletic to, to be students there, and, and I've, I've known some other individuals that have played football for them and, and played uh, girl soccer and, and, and did exactly what you did. Um, so when you get got to Robert Morris, um, golf obviously was part of your experience, but what did you decide to major in? I mean, you have your, you have your dad who is this uh, seemed to be very left brain, very mm-hmm. uh, technical like an engineer, engineering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, then, and mom seems to be a little bit more on the creative side. Yeah. So what's. So when I started looking for colleges, I thought I would like to be an interior designer. Okay. Um, I don't know why I never had experience in that. I didn't really know anybody who did that. Um, so I started looking for schools that had that with a golf program, which is nearly impossible. Sure. Everyone's <laughs> suggestion was, there's a golf course down the street, so you could just bring your clubs and like play after school. And I was like, that's not the same thing. I'm not doing that. If you pay me to go play. Yeah, I was like, that's really not what I'm looking for. Yeah, sure. um, so when we talked to Robert Morris, they were like, you know, we'll give you a scholarship. And I was like, okay, well, what programs do you have? Mm-hmm. And they talked about graphic design. So I was like, sure, that sounds fine. We'll go with that, see okay. what happens. Okay. Um, I didn't really know anything about that. I had done some classes in high school. Like we had like a flash class where we learned how to animate and stuff, but okay. nothing that was like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So okay. um, yeah, it kind of changed my major okay. to go there. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and it, what was that experience like? Going, I mean, not just not the changing major part, but the as you start taking the arts classes, and, mm-hmm. and and it's not just art classes, but it's also using the modality of computers to make yeah. art. Yeah. Um, what uh, What was that like? Yeah. So some of the classes were real rough because we had to do like still lifes and things, and I am not, I cannot draw at okay. all. Okay. Um, 
So those were really hard, and my teachers were very kind to me, where I would, like, sit behind somebody and be like, oh, that girl's in the front of half of the still life, so <laughs> she's going to be in my picture. And they were like, okay, that's fine, I guess, because sure? they knew that I could not draw, so yeah. they were kind. Um, but, yeah, learning some of the programs or um, just kind of figuring my way through that, the computer part just came a lot easier to me. Okay. Um, it made more sense. It, okay. it seems to work with the way my brain w- okay. works. So, so a little bit like that. Yeah, so that yeah. was a little bit easier. Um, and the classes were really small, so that helped because we could all work together. Okay. But then also, I mean, the teacher was more available. Okay. So that was also helpful. Right. Yeah. So, so the focus then was golf. The focus was now working through this, particularly these classes, so that mm-hmm. we're eventually gonna, we're going to be a major. Now, at yeah. that at that time, did you have any idea of what you wanted to do post-graduation? No. Or was it just kind of, no? No. Yeah. I just was, uh, literally everything was golf-focused. Okay. Until I was done. Okay. Um, even though I wanted to do well in my classes, and I did, I mean, I did better in college than I did in high school. Okay. Um, I just didn't, I didn't really know where mm. I was going to go. I worked um, at the mall when I was in college, so okay. that was fun too to work there but I was just like I don't I don't know we'll see what happens I ended up moving home and working at the mall here okay <laughs> um because that made sense I knew sure. how to do that um which now in this instance makes sense because I own a retail store so I guess that was what I was supposed to be doing right. to kind of like learn skills from other people right but yeah I had no idea okay. what I was gonna do okay well and and it sounds like that when you got to college, for some people, the distractions increased dramatically. It sounds like in some ways your distractions actually decreased yeah. because being on the golf team, I'm obviously they're demanding that you participate in yes. their training programs and yeah. their practicing, and then and then you have your courses and you know and then just daily life. Yeah. But it almost seemed like things got a little bit more focused. Yeah, I had less outside activities. Okay. For sure. Um, golf started in February and ended sometimes near November. So, right. I mean, it took up most of the year. Right. Um, and we were practicing every day. Right. So, I mean, that took up a lot of time. Then working outside of that and then having classes, which okay. I took night classes because I'm not a morning person. Not a morning. <laughs> so so <laughs> that good. was nice, at least, that I could have class and do homework when I was the most productive. Okay. Right. So. Do you think um, with that increased focus with the coaching and the training program that they had um, in college, did that change your game? Did it improve? No. No? I'm sure I got better. I I know I got better, but I didn't change the way that I processed uh, bad bad shots or So you'd still get frustrated at yourself and and not be able to not recover as well from those. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the nightmares that I have okay. of certain <laughs> certain <laughs> places that I played where I was like, I could have got first place, but then I went double, triple, triple or something, yeah. and then you're like, okay. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, you kind of you talked a little bit about that, the, your experience maybe working in retail um, you may have led to the idea that you now uh, own a retail uh, place, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's Rockford Art Deli, yeah. right? And but as I was doing a little bit of researching, Rockford Art Deli isn't what it originally. I mean that that you were involved with doing working with uh, uh, t-shirt printing um, prior to that, and the name of that company was. Yeah. Um. So it was Pirate Ninja Print Shop. Pirate Ninja Print Shop. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. So yeah, it was just custom screen printing. Okay. Um. We were doing some fun stuff. Okay. And when, like, the waterfront used to be downtown and the entrance used to be right at our intersection, yep. we would sit outside with funny Rockford shirts trying yep. to get people into it. And they were like, no, yeah. we only come here for the waterfront. You have nothing else going for you. Why would we care about mm-hmm. Rockford? And we were like, but these are cool shirts. Like, yeah. you should want to wear these. And nobody cared. Mm-hmm. So we kind of had the idea that that's what we were going to do from the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's just took a while to condition people to okay. see so good things about Rockford. So you've always been at the location that you're at in Madison State? 
right? It's it Staten first. Staten first. I'm sorry, Staten yeah. first. And so that so you've always been at that location. Yeah. Okay. And and your your business partner is Jared. Jared. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, and when did you guys start working together? When did you and Jared start working? Together? Um, I would say when I was done with college. Okay. Um, having the graphic design background, then okay. it kind of helped with being able to prepare artwork. Okay. And I mean, I'm good at customer service, so mm-hmm. I could help with those things. He had a full-time job at the same time. Okay. So I was able to kind of fill some gaps so that he could just come back and print. Okay. All right. Yeah. Great. Yep. So, but Rockford Art Valley has been more than just custom t-shirts because there's a lot of different organizations that have tried to you know that have done that and, and try to do that and other that are just do locally mass production of, of t-shirts but Rafford Art Deli um, you and Jared have definitely tried to make a, a bigger imprint than just t-shirts yeah. and and you you were kind of alluding to that before um, Kylie and I were just talking about one of the uh, one of the t-shirts before we started the start the show today was um, Rockford doesn't suck. You do, yeah. right? And and that caught. Uh, I remember when I was in your store a long time ago. I, that caught my attention. Yeah. Um, because at that time, Rockford had a lot of bad press about. And it kind of alluded to what you were just saying when the waterfront was going on. Well, we only come here for the waterfront. We're not going downtown for anything else, let alone right. Rockford. Right. So what made you guys want to make it more than just T-shirts? Yeah, I mean, I think. It was pretty easy to fall in love with Rockford. We okay. have a really cool history, mm-hmm. and when you actually go out and look for it, there's mm-hmm. a really awesome community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being downtown, we kind of got involved with that really early mm-hmm. and kind of formed this small group of people downtown where we all worked together and mm-hmm. kind of had each other's backs. A lot of businesses were opening around the same time mm-hmm. some of the restaurants were all about the same age so mm-hmm. um the businesses kind of got to grow together which was really nice mm-hmm. um but yeah i don't know it just made sense okay. i just knew that i loved rockford so okay. um being that we loved it and we knew other people that loved it we didn't really understand why so many people hated it right. and so for us we were like we need to make people love Rockford again. We need right. to like give them something that they can show their friends or family or send to people yeah. that have moved away or right. whatever because people do love it. Yeah, It's just kind of like they secretly love it. Like they were embarrassed to tell people they loved it because sure. everyone hated it so much. Sure. So yeah, we had to like break that. Well, it's, you know, I think it's interesting. I think there is a dynamic of, you know, wherever you grow up, is you want to be somewhere else, right? Yeah. I mean, so I think there's a natural piece of that. And then, unfortunately, what was happening is that I think then it wasn't just the young adults or the, the teenagers that were saying that, which is natural part of needing to break away from the home and break away from the parents, but then the adults were saying it too. Mm-hmm. And and then there was just this negativity and this uh, pessimism, pessimism about it. And there was certain things that were going on um, that changed, you know, structure-wise uh, and the downtown, you know, had been ignored yeah. and for a long time. So I think there was some reality that was happening, <clears throat> but um, but it was very much like you say. And I think of uh, just now knowing this a little bit about your background, um, you know, Rockford was built on one of the one of the ethnic groups that really had a huge impact on the Rockford area was the Swedish um, community that came here mm-hmm. and they were builders and they were um, yeah. and did a phenomenal um, job with not only with um, machining um, but also furniture building yeah. and there was a lot of the, the technical end so I imagine for your dad to come here mm-hmm. it, it wasn't like uh, that it was Rockford was known um, right. in, in Sweden right. you know, for a lot where a lot of people came mm-hmm. and so I think home probably means a little bit different yeah. From a from a family standpoint, f- for for you as well. Yeah. So, um, now you've been also involved with some other things, not just you know with Rafford Art Deli, but 
you, because there's a lot of individuals that are downtown that have small businesses and have been have been growing, and now the momentum has definitely turned the other way, and it's it's amazing to go um, down because I, I was a security guard for the Metro Center during oh, yeah. during the on the waterfront days, and yeah. it was um, you're right, it was very desolate when it wasn't um, yeah um, when it wasn't that Labor Day weekend, mm-hmm. and um, but it, it has changed tremendously. But you've been involved with a lot of other things as far as. Um, Ignite and other organizations. What's tell me? Tell us a little bit about what's been that passion to to be involved with to be more than just um, uh, just rad, more than just rock right now. Well, I think for one of our focuses at Rad is about community involvement. So mm-hmm. it was important that I find some boards or organizations to work with um, okay. because. I can't really be about community involvement if I'm not involved. Right. So I started with Ignite. That okay. made the most sense. Um, my friend was kind of the leader of it, so it was an easy transition to get into that. Um, so I started helping with whatever I could, but then mostly was just their marketing director. Um, so I would just do all of the you know, promotional materials or their Facebook or whatever they needed for that. Um, and so from there, I joined, well, I guess the next would probably be Swedish Historical Society. So okay. I'm on that board now, okay. um, which is kind of exactly opposite of what Ignite is, mm-hmm. but it's still really exciting and interesting. They do so many things, I think, that Rockford doesn't really know about. Sure, um, So hopefully people kind of figure that out because they have a really cool series of things that they do and events that are, you know, very small groups of people, which is really actually kind of nice sometimes because you can learn a little bit more. Um, I also work on the academy sport team at Jefferson. Okay. Um, I think Jefferson is one of the best high schools that we have. I have okay. no allegiance to any specific high schools, sure. so if you know, yeah. let's not start yeah. any wars. <laughs> but um, they have been kind of at the forefront of the academy mm-hmm. stuff, and so that was really interesting to me. Um, so working with them, which I still do, I think it's been maybe like five years that I've been working with them. So that's really cool because I can go into the classrooms with that. And okay. then we also host a lot of field trips, okay. um, which is really exciting because we're getting the kids more involved. Do you work with us? Are you working at the academy level at Jefferson at the, at the, uh, at more of the higher level or are you working with a specific academy? So what was BAMIT is now business. Okay, So sure. I'm on that academy gotcha. support team. Okay, I understand. Yeah, okay. so I I may be wrong, but I think every high school that yep. has academies has support teams yes. for each academy. Yep. So we're a group of teachers, and we've always also invited parents in. We have students that come in and then community members. So I've, I've, I've just recently, in the past two years, I've done some stuff for Jefferson regarding the BAMIT Academy, and they've had me come out and speak a couple times for the yeah. Suicide Awareness Program. Mm-hmm. And and um, you're right. it's I, I was very impressed with how organized and yeah. how much the kids were involved and some of the some of the art that they put out. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I was, um, in the last two years, Rockford has also been involved with the Capstone Projects, mm-hmm. and so I've been involved with some of those. Yeah. We have a, a, an event over at Auburn um, High School this coming, yeah, this coming weekend, um, uh, Easter weekend, it, and so if one of the shows this may be, mm-hmm. it may be un- unfortunately already over, but yeah. it was about a program in which uh, a young person uh, was talking about breaking the discrimination about coming out from um, in being homosexual mm-hmm. or, or bisexual, yeah. and uh, and so I think they're doing allowing that um, piece of uh, not only not only the creative piece to come out, but then yeah. learning behind the scenes all the other things regarding promotion and you know, renting a venue and making yeah. all those connections. So I've been very impressed with what the Capstone Project uh, can be. Yeah, if the kids take it seriously, yeah. it's amazing what yeah. they can do. Um, I've definitely sat in, in quite a few Capstone presentations and sometimes you wonder what they did for a year, and yeah. sometimes you're like, how did you get all of this done? Yeah. Like, so it's really interesting to see how everyone kind of takes their own direction and what they do with it. It's always exciting. Yeah, so, I, I agree. Yeah. So when you think of uh, going back to the idea of, um, just like with golf and, and mm-hmm. some of the other things, 
in business um, because a lot of people have ideas about what they want to do yeah. with business. And I think it always has to start with an idea or start off with curiosity. And I don't know if there's ever going to be a perfect time. Obviously, there's worse times than others. Uh, yeah. And I've had that experience with a couple of business initiatives. But I don't think there's ever a time where uh, everything's going to be perfectly aligned. It's sometimes you just got to take that leap of faith and just go. But yeah. as you think, and, and obviously Rockford Art Valley has been around for a long time. It's been how many years? Nine years? Um, no, it's been a little over eight. Eight years. Okay. Yeah. And the storefront will be seven in September. Okay. So, so that is definitely long enough to have gone, you know, gone through the initial couple years mm -hmm. of figuring out, okay, it's, it's more than just a, a flash in the pan now and yeah. you've had to go through some cycles. Yeah. Um, if you, if you could, if you could think back as, as Brad is its own entity and then obviously having a partnership, having two, two owners mm -hmm. and, and it sounds like you guys do really well with what each one of your roles are yeah. and, and that's, that works out really well too. Yeah. It wasn't always like that, but oh, no. then once we sat down and kind of went, what do you think you do and what do you think I do and made lists and comparing them and saying, oh, okay. So we don't have anything similar on our list. So that was kind of nice that we yeah. were like, no, I do that. And yeah. we do the same thing. Um, so that was good. But then it kind of helped us get it on paper of like, yeah. okay, this is your responsibility and this is mine. Yeah. Or I can do that for you because I'm better at it or yeah. whatever. And so that was nice to kind of like get it on paper. So it makes more sense now. Oh, and I think that's huge yeah. because at first we're just bootstrapping, right? We're just yeah. we're just doing anything we can just to get going and meet the needs and survive. And we didn't have employees either, so we were doing all of that stuff too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's part of what you do when you first start, yeah. right? And now you have employees, and, and now it's grown, and it has a bigger presence, and it has a bigger mission and, and message. What would be, and maybe you just said, what is there? If there's other things that were like, let's say, setbacks or learning experiences, or we tried this one, and well, maybe it was a good idea on paper, but it didn't turn out. Is there any ones that stand out in your mind that you, you it was a setback at the time, but it ended up being a learning opportunity later? Mm, I don't think there's anything specific, but I know that we're always checking ourselves. Or, okay. you know, if Jared has an idea, I'm like, we need to think about this for a while before we do it. Because okay. he's very much like, has an idea, wants to do it, okay. can do it, but is it the right thing to do okay. is always the question. So, okay. um, yeah, I think there's times where we get really excited about something and we mm -hmm. talk about it for two years and then we never do it because right. maybe it just really didn't work. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely... I mean, T-shirt ideas that we've done yeah. or, you know, products that were like, this would be awesome. People are going to love this product and then nobody likes it. Yeah. So there's stuff like that, but nothing huge that okay. was a game changer. Yeah. We just kind of do things and we kind of reassess and decide okay. if we're going in the right direction or not. And we okay. just adjust from there. Gotcha. Yeah. And it sounds like both of you, neither one of you had formal training in business. No. And so it was, and, and I'm in the same, similar. Yeah. You know, I was a therapist who became an entrepreneur. Yeah. Or maybe it was an entrepreneur that was a therapist that then started a business. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know yeah. exactly. But, um, and I didn't, I didn't know what I didn't know, thank goodness, or I probably would have never started. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I just had a very strong need not to fail. Yeah. And um, similar to yourself, when you talked about that, that feeling when you mess up on the golf course. Yeah. I, I know what that feeling's like mm -hmm. and I don't like that feeling. Yeah. And I definitely didn't want it to be business wise. Right. So um, it probably initially uh, um, led me to be cautious yeah. at times uh, and and probably missed opportunities, maybe not missed opportunities, but ignored opportunities sure. that could have been there. Yeah. Um, but at time, I, I eventually learned to uh, similar to what you said, write things down, settle down, ask other individuals that yeah. I, I that I I trust their judgment and mm -hmm. trust their their wisdom, and help me to you know process some things. Yeah, I think that's really important just to have some sort of sounding board of people that you trust to mm -hmm. give you a real opinion. Um, that has certainly helped with some things uh, because you can't have all the answers yourself right yeah. it would be nice yeah but it doesn't make any sense yeah. and so it would be boring that way right, right? yeah it'd be so <laughs> lonely and boring so uh 
that's huge to be able to have. So I have like a group text with people when I'm coming out with a new shirt design or something that I always text these people. What do you think about this? And then they'll be like, no, no, this is bad or whatever. But I appreciate that because there are a bunch of different types of people who would potentially be my customer. So I need, if I like it, doesn't make any difference. Right. Someone else has to like it exactly. too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree. I I have uh, I'm very fortunate that I have some some people starting with with my wife who I'll throw ideas by and she has no problem telling me. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. I, I tell the story that we literally I would bring her into buildings that I was thinking about buying mm-hmm. when I first was expanding KP and and she would walk into the buildings and she would just know. Nope, this one's not going to be okay. Yeah. And and then I would bring her to another building, and she goes, this will work. Yeah. And I'm like, no matter what I try to do to talk her into the other ones, it didn't matter. She, yeah, she, she just was care. like, you can do what you want, but right. I just I don't. But you wanted I, my opinion, yeah. so here it is. So, yeah. uh, so it's been very good um, for me to rely on her when it comes to those things. Um, and, and, again, she doesn't necessarily have the, the business background or any of those things, but those are just for her those are would be just distractions anyways because she's going more based on intuition right so if you think of one of your looking back on the last seven eight years of rockford art deli if you look at that time period and you personally um as an owner as well as what what the business has done has there been anything you were like wow okay that that was that was cool that i'm glad we did that i'm glad this is happening Maybe bigger than you thought it was going to be, or, yeah. or it maybe it maybe it, it 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 did reach what you it begins to reach what you wanted. Yeah, I think in this moment there are probably two things that stand out. Okay. Maybe three. Um, one would be the uh, it's going to be really bad that I don't remember what it's called. Um, when the visitors bureau did their oh. forty um, portraits of yeah. kind of influencers isn't really the right word but people in the community they asked us to be a part of that which was insane um because you're looking at like this doctor who's doing all these medical advances and you have like the mayor and all these people and then they're like and you and we're like we don't fit in here this doesn't make any sense um but that was a really cool um exhibit to be a part of because they showed it at the art museum and then they put the portraits all around the city so that people would go around and see them so that was really humbling um and then after that we were part of the beginning of the illinois made makers program so the whole state of illinois promotes all their makers and so they started that program they launched it in our store so that's where they did the press conference and so they you know started out with just a small amount of people and now it's growing to this huge network that spans all of Illinois, which is still very crazy for me to think about, that they were like, you guys, of course, need to be in this. And Mm -hmm. we're like, what? Okay, sure. Yeah, Uh, we make things. So that's been cool. And they've had events where we've got to go and like meet the other makers and Mm -hmm. learn about what they do, which is, you know, super interesting. There's so, I mean, Illinois is not a small state, so there's a huge span of what people are doing, which is cool. and then the last one would probably be that we are launching on Friday a scholarship through oh. Rock Valley. So okay. we will be able to give people scholarships to go to school there. Oh, really? So anyone entering some sort of creative field okay. can receive the Stay Rad scholarship. Oh, interesting. Which is insane yeah. and very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And, that, yeah. and I think that's what I was most drawn to your story about, uh, Brittany, was that it was more than, it was more than just t-shirts. It mm-hmm. was more than just a retail store. It was, like you said, a mission. It was more of that, um, uh, message that you wanted to get out. And, yeah. and it was a very, very much, uh, for anybody who's listening, wants to understand what does a grassroot, uh, project look like yeah. and a movement look like. And that's very much what you, what you guys have done um, with with that, and and had a lot of fun in the process. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. obviously it comes with frustration at different times yeah. too, but 
but it was more of this idea of movement because um, if I remember correctly, now I think Jared told me this, I'm not 100% yeah. sure, but did you guys have something possibly to do with influencing the 815? Um, uh, because I see 815 everywhere and it yeah. has been for a few years. Yeah. So we started making that shirt probably five or six years ago. Yeah. Um, that was the most frustrating week of my entire life uh, because I was trying to make a different design for the mm -hmm. city market that week, mm -hmm. and it wasn't working. It wasn't working. 4.30 a.m. on Friday comes around. I still don't have a design for the market that day, and I looked at the calendar, and I was like, oh, it's August 15th. We should just do an 815 shirt today, and here we are. Everyone has 815 on everything yes. now. Yes, so. and a tie to everything. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think one, I never heard the August 15th piece. Okay, so I never heard yeah, that piece. That's, I mean, because I'm, I just know that because I was trying to make this other stupid design and sure. it's a very good thing that didn't yeah. work out because <laughs> you sure? it was not going to be that great. Yeah. So, well, yeah. and obviously for the tie in for people that aren't from this area that may be listening, yeah. but, you know, obviously that was in the midst of that breakthrough that you had. And yes, it was for that. Friday the 15th mm -hmm. of August that you were trying to get this design to do, but right. that also is the um, largest area code right. um, for the Rockford area. and for It's like most of northern Illinois has 815. Is it, it's is a, it? it goes, it does, it skips Chicago, but it goes like all the way in a diagonal. It's like a huge, it goes from one end of the state to the other. Okay, okay. So, so all the way from the middle to the northwest of... It goes like under Chicago and then goes up into the top corner so oh. it's like a huge okay section i did not know that either. yeah it's okay. very huge and, and and the idea about being proud of where you are mm -hmm. was has been the message of yeah. of red all along yeah and so just to come up with that now has been has been very interesting because i know a lot of other um, groups have now used that mm -hmm. um regardless if it's the just just breathe with kevin Ware, right. you know with the homeless uh clothing the homeless uh, teens mm -hmm. to different other types of um, health and wellness yeah. um, initiatives. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it is interesting to me that it started with you guys. The mission, your overall, your mission was to be proud of where you're at. Yeah. Be proud of Rockford. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and again, it's hard to, hard to, uh, to own that, right? Yeah. But, yeah. but you own the story of how it began. Right. And it's part of who you guys are. Yeah, and I mean, it's an example of we knew there would be something that people would hold on to that would make them proud. And I right. guess if it's an 815 shirt, then that's yeah. cool with me. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be one of our funny Rockford shirts or sure. whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, the 815 is by far yeah. our top five items every yeah. month. Yeah. And you guys have done some phenomenal ways of being creative with that. and. We have to because yeah. we can't get rid of them, yeah. <laughs> but we need to make more because people want more 815 stuff. So, sure. yeah, it's sometimes it's a struggle to figure out how to put 815 on a shirt again. Yeah. And yeah. we have an 815 t-shirt club, so every month we are sending out an 815 shirt that no one else has. Interesting. So sometimes that's challenging. Challenging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think, Brittany, with, with what your desire and what – what you and Jared have wanted to do to be proud of where you're at to this is where you're at you guys love the Rockford area and have deep roots here mm -hmm. um, and experiences here and wherever you're at is where you're at right you need to be proud of where you're at yeah if, if not then you need to go somewhere else and be sure. proud there or figure out why you're not proud of it and right. then help exactly because then you can make a difference and maybe be proud of it too yeah yeah. yeah, I agree. And I think um, that for me was the reason why I stayed in Rockford. Um, it wasn't what I thought I was going to do. I yeah. thought I was going to be moving yeah. um, after graduating from college or only come back for a short time period. Um, but once I, well, made the decision because primarily getting married and my, my wife is from here and yeah. wanted to be with family and, and I was okay. I was very much okay with that too. But once we're here, then, okay, where can I make a difference? Right. How can I make this home, not yeah. just where I live? Yeah. And you guys are doing an amazing job. Like, well. I thank you for what you're doing because mm. you aren't just 
a counselor in the area. You aren't just someone who's, you know, speaking at events. You have a huge impact on our community. Well, so well, that's thank amazing. You. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you know, it's um, I appreciate you saying that. And, and this particular platform of using the journey to let people know um, more about people like yourself and know your story a little bit more um, because I believe if we know someone else's story, maybe then that can give us hope or give us courage or if there has been setbacks or um, the things that you've gone through, how can, then maybe I can do that too. And that's really what this has all been about mm -hmm. and just maybe another way of reaching out. So, well, thank yeah. you very much for that compliment. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Bernie, if there's anything that you uh, wanted to share with anybody listening, either from uh, someone who's, you know, from the golfer to the artist to uh, the different things that you learned with that to the different things that you've learned um, as being a business owner and all the opportunities that have come from uh, you just being true to who you guys are mm -hmm. with, with creating Rockford Outdoor. I think that's why you're being recognized yeah. at, at, the, at the regional level and the state level for what you're doing. Um, if there's anything you wanted to share with anybody listening, what would you want to part with? I think one of the things I always tell people is you have to just kind of be where you're at. And even if you have a job that you don't love or something's happening that just isn't your favorite thing, there's always something that you can learn from it mm -hmm. and take into the next thing. So like for me, I didn't know retail was going to take me to retail. Right. I just thought I was, you know, working in this job, but I always try to take something out of every experience so that later on I can maybe utilize it. So even if it's not amazing, there's something you're going to learn from it. Yeah. Even if it's learning something you don't like, then you can be strong in your conviction that you don't like it. Exactly. And moving forward, yeah. you can change kind yeah. of the path that you're taking. I think you're right um, with that, is that um, all those different things in your journey led to where you're at now mm -hmm. um, including your grandparents making decision to come here yeah um and and your parents sharing those stories about what was going on and and your your dad talking about wanting you to participate in contributing to your own college mm -hmm. and all those different things led to why it's so important for you right to live the way you're doing now yeah yeah i wouldn't change anything even mm. even the bad stuff just sure. it's all for a reason for sure well, Brittany, thank you very much for being on yeah, the journey and uh, sharing your story. And, and even though I knew a little bit about you, now I feel like I know a, a whole bunch more. Yeah, so, that's awesome. So thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. So uh, thank you for being with us today on the journey. And, um, and we will be seeing you next week uh, for another episode of The Journey. Thank you.